Every once in a while, we just need to be reminded that God is in control. As we look at the world and we look at the news and we look at uh, just everything, um, it, it gets us very discouraged. Um, it gets us wondering what's next. We become fearful. Uh, we see our brothers over in the foreign countries being beheaded. Uh, we see, it seems like every day they're taking more and more of the privileges of the Christian away as far as in public. But you know what? I believe that we serve a mighty God. Amen? And I believe that if we want to worship Christ, they can't take that away from us. And I believe that we can worship God, we can pray. That's the beauty of this. This is not with anyone out there that has to agree. We're already agree in agreement with our Heavenly Father that He's going to take care of us, that He'll never leave us, never forsake us. And guys, if we're honest with each other, and I don't want to really admit this, but these things have to happen before we can get to where we want to go. And where, where I want to go and where you want to go, if we'll be honest with each other, is we want to be with Jesus forever and ever. That's, that's our goal. You know, the old song said, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And, and I, I just wish I could tell you that it's going to get better, but I don't think it's going to get better on this earth. And I know that sounds gloomy, but there is hope at the end of this, this story is because he's already told us this is going to happen. We're not like caught off guard. That's why he says here, Peter's writing, he says, stay close. Let's read it together. Look at chapter 3 in 2 Peter. Chapter 3, 2 Peter. He's talking about the day of the Lord. And it just seemed to fit this week. I, I know we're kind of away from Acts and where we've been. We'll finish that up tonight or get, get back into that. But look at this together with me this morning. Verse 1 says, dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as reminders, listen to this, as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. Every time we read God's Word, it should stimulate us to wholesome thinking. What, what is wholesome thinking? Well, it's to realize that God is in control. It's to realize that nothing's going to happen to us that He don't already know and that He already don't allow. Nothing's going to come about that he's not already seen in the future. We told our young people this morning, wouldn't it be great to follow someone that could see into your future? Wouldn't it be good to be friends with someone that could see into your future? And guys, we have no greater friend than Jesus Christ, and he knows about our future. He knows what's coming. He's not surprised. He's not caught off guard. And guys, listen to me. Listen to me this morning. There is only one way to fix the problems of the world, and it's through Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ. We scream and we go on and we say, fix Washington and fix this and fix that. But guys, that has nothing to do with what we're doing here. Jesus Christ has everything to do with what we're doing here. And so don't put your hope and faith and trust in a White House or a Senate or a House of Representatives or a governor. Put your hope and faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's where your hope is. 
They can run 15 presidents through that White House, and not one of them can save your soul. But Jesus Christ can. And that should fire us up this morning. We scream and scream and go on about all these things. And yes, yes, I, I want us to be a godly nation. Yes, I want us to, to fall on our knees and repent. Yes, I do. But if we're, if we're looking to everything else to change who we are and who we are in Christ, it isn't going to happen. He said, I, I give you the word to, to, to give you wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. What does that mean? I want you to look at God's word from Genesis to Revelation. I want you to look at what the old prophet said and what the apostles said. I want you to look at it from cover to cover, and I want you to realize and recall the words. And we know, everyone, if I asked right now, do you believe Jesus is coming back? Everybody in this room would go, yes. All right? Are you ready for Jesus to come back? Yes. Let me tell you then, everything that we're seeing happen on the news today must happen before Jesus can come back. It, it, it's, it's the truth. It's been told to us in here. In the last days, there'll be scoffers. There'll be people that says this is not real. In the last days, brother will turn against brother and sister against sister and moms against parent, uh, kids and kids against parents. In the last days, in the last days, people will deny Christ. In the last days, there'll be persecution of the Christians. Folks, listen to me. We are living in the last days. And we act like it's a big shock. We've read it before. We stand up and say amen every week that we believe this word. But I don't want us to be caught off guard. I don't want us to sit back like, oh no, what are we going to do? Oh, my, oh, we're in big trouble. We may be in big trouble. But you know what? It's just like Paul said. If I stay here, I can preach the gospel and tell everybody about Jesus. But if he chooses to call me on home, however that is, I'm going to be with him forever and ever, and my work and my fight is over. We're a winner either way, folks. We're a winner either way. And getting all riled up about it, getting all bent out of shape about it, yelling at each other about it, God said, just get ready. Put me number one and let's go. You just keep telling the good news. That's the only way we can help America. Is, t is telling them the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the only way. Let's read some more. Verse 3, above all, you must understand that in the last day scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. You guys have been going down to that church for as long as I can remember. Grandma told me about somebody coming back. He ain't come back yet. He's not coming back. Scoffing, making fun. He's not coming back. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it since the beginning of creation. It's nothing changed in 4,000 years. Why do you say follow this God person? Why do you say give your heart to him? Why do you say live a life that's right? Why do you sit there and say we're in the last days? Grandpa said that. People are going to make fun of you. People are going to tell you you're wasting your time. 
And you know, guys, I think about the verse that hit me this week. Blessed are those that will endure to the end, for theirs will be the kingdom of God. And sometimes we, people take and twist that a little bit, and they say, well, if you work your way all the way to the end, then maybe God will save you. But I think it's this. I think, and I don't want to really think about this, but I think it's going to get rough. And I think it's going to be really easy to say, you know what? It's just too hard. And people are going to tell you, look, if you'll deny Christ, I'll take care of your family. People are going to tell you, look, are you hungry? If you'll deny Christ, I'll feed you. That's going to happen during the tribulation. And who knows, we might see some of that before the rapture. I don't know. But those that walk away, I believe were never saved in the first place. It's going to separate the sheep from the goats. It's going to separate those that are really sold out to Christ and those that are just playing games. And guys, what we need to be doing is praying that our faith will be strong. Because God can hold us, there's no doubt. But someday when you walk away, it's just going to prove that you never were saved in the first place. Blessed are those that endure to the end. It may get rough. I don't even want to think about what might happen. It scares you if you think about it. What if they come in here next week and say, everyone that believes in Christ, we're taking you to jail. We're going to take your head off. Are you going to stick around? Or are you going to say, hey, I was just here with my wife? It's pretty gloomy. But I also want us to realize that they are not in control. That God is in control. And we must go through whatever to get to where we want to go. And the old song says, heaven will surely be worth it all. It will be worth it all. Verse 5, but they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens came into being, and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word of the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. People said, these scoffers we read about, our ancestors talked about that. There's nothing changed since the beginning of creation. Nothing's been out of the ordinary. God hasn't stepped into history and and stepped into mankind and done anything big. I think they're forgetting something. You remember a man named Noah? Remember an ark? You remember that God created the heavens and the earth? And, And the amazing thing, guys, is, He created this place to destroy its own self. Hmm. Two-thirds of the earth is covered by water. There's a water blanket, a firmament, the Bible called it, atmosphere up underneath. And God waited patiently. And Noah built and sawed and built and sawed and hammered, and he preached. And God's grace waited 120 years. He said, I'm going to destroy this place. And people said, ain't nothing going to happen. 2015, people are sitting around going, ain't nothing going to happen. All of a sudden, it began to rain. And not only did it rain from above, it came up from underneath. 
nothing from it. It just, God just, it's almost like the earth collapsed on itself in water. And it destroyed everyone except those that were in the ark. A picture of God's grace. See, me and you that have accepted Christ, we're in the ark. We're, we're in the ark. We're safe. No matter what happens, we're going we're gonna to sail to glory. We're going to be all right. A picture of God's grace in, in Noah. And after a while, the earth came back and waters receded. Now we're waiting for the next big cataclysmic event. The earth will burn up. If you look at matter, matter has got enough energy in it. There's a big science term there, but matter has enough energy in it to just explode itself. There's so much power and force in there. The earth is made of that matter. The earth is sitting here like a time bomb waiting on God to give the okay, and it will burn in fervent heat. Everything that we see now, everything that we're laying money up for, everything that we live in, skyscrapers, that, that brand new skyscraper that we're so proud of that took the place of the Twin Towers, and, and we, we stand up and say, look, we're back. All those huge, monstrous buildings around the world, the Bible says it's going to be all laid bare. My house, my vehicles, my clothes, everything that I work every day to buy and purchase is going to be burned up for fire. There's going to be nothing left. It's like this, guys. The sin is so great in this world that God's got to purge it. He's got to burn it off. And then he's going to set down a brand new heaven and a brand new earth that has never known sin and will never know sin. And those that know Christ through the blood of Jesus, that he died on the cross and paid the price for our sins, those that have received him will someday get to walk into that brand new heaven and that brand new earth, and we will be for him forever and ever and ever with him. See, that's where we're headed. That's what we have to remember. We get all bent out of shape because they're messing up our place. But guys, this is not our home. This is not our home. Now, I, I want to take care of the earth. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I want to take care of our resources. and It's a beautiful place that God has given us. We're to be good stewards. I, I firmly believe all of that. But when we get more wrapped up with saving a spotted owl than we do an unborn baby, we've got a problem. We've got a problem. When we get more wrapped up about dogs being abused than children being abused, we've got a problem. God says it's going to all come to an end one of these days. And the sad part is those that don't believe will be destroyed. And he's not willing any of that should happen. He doesn't want that to happen. We talked about repentance this morning in class. And we talked about hell. That's something we don't talk about much because, man, it gets us real uncomfortable in a hurry. I can just see the kids start to fidget. Darkness, isolation, screaming, moaning. The Bible says a place where the worm dieth not. The gnashing of teeth. The eternal separation from Christ. Man, that's not a good place. Brother Todd, tell me why anybody would want to go there. I don't know. 
It's because they're in darkness, because they've been blinded by Satan. That's why God screams to us every day, please be the light. Please be the light. Please be the light. Please live different than everybody else. Please don't get caught up in all the other stuff going on. Please be the light. Please show them who I am because I don't want any of them to go there. People believe, I told the kids, people believe that, you know, the devil's just going to be the big king down there. And I've heard people say, well, I, I, I just, I ain't going to worry about it. I'll just go down there with my buddies and we'll just party and drink beer for the rest of our life and we'll all just have a big party. Guys, there's going to be no interaction in hell. The Bible says that the devil himself is going to be thrown in the lake of fire. He's going to be suffering right alongside of you, but it's going to be such isolation, such darkness. It's just going to be like you're all by yourself for all of eternity. That, that's, what, that's what people have facing them that don't believe in Christ. And guys, it should break our heart. I asked the kids, I said, do you know of anybody that you'd want to go there? And they go, no. They all just in one voice, and it's hard to get teenagers to say anything at 10 o'clock in the morning, you know? But in one voice, they said, no, no. Do we really believe it's real? From the preacher on down, do we really believe what we read every week is real? Do we believe that people are going to perish without Christ? Do we believe that there's heaven to come? Do we believe that Jesus is coming back? I know we all say amen when I say those things, but do our actions show that? Verse 8. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. See, we keep saying, he's going to come back, he's going to come, and he may. He may come back in the next 15 seconds. But it may be 1,500 more years. Because the wonderful thing about God is he's not confined by the watch. He's not confined by time. He can make one day last a thousand years, or he can squeeze a thousand, day, a thousand years into one day. That's, that's, that's how powerful our God is. He can do that. And I love this part, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. How many in this room believe that God's going to keep every promise he's ever made? We do. He's not, don't, don't worry about it. He hasn't missed something here. Well, Brother Todd, you look around at the world, it's such a, such a mess. Why didn't God just come back and clean all this off? It, it's terrible. It's terrible. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient. Listen to this, guys. Here's grace. Here's grace all over this. Instead, he is impatient. He is, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Why does God wait? Why does babies have to keep dying? Why does Christians have to keep getting their heads cut off? Why does cancer have to keep taking our loved ones? Why, Brother Todd, why? And guys, I'll stand before you and I say, I don't understand it all. But I do understand this small part of it. That yes, God could stop it. And I told my brother this not too long ago. He lost his baby uh, back in 2000. It was born dead. After nine solid months of everything healthy. And the night before, the cord got around its neck and killed that little baby. And he still struggles with that. 
I just seen the anger in his face as we talked about it. We never really talked about it like that. He said, you tell me why. You tell me why. And I couldn't. I said, but I know this. That when God stops it, it's over for everybody. There's no more salvation. There's no more grace. There's no more waiting. There's no more patience. Yes, he can stop it. He can stop it right now. Not one more Christian has to die because of him. But if he stops it, everyone that doesn't know him is going to spend eternity in hell. That's why he waits. That's why he's patient. Even though some of us are giving our life for Christ, he will take care of them. And guys, it's hard to understand. I don't, I don't, I don't claim to understand one-tenth of it. But I do know that if he stops it, it's over. And any loved ones we have, friends, anyone that we care a lot about, if they don't know Christ, it's the end. And that's why he tarries. And that's why he's patient. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. One of these days it is going to be the time of. One of these days he is going to say enough is enough. And people are going to be caught. They're going to be caught not looking. They're going to be caught not ready. A couple years ago, we had a guy break in our house. Took all of Dana's jewelry, took some of our, our medicines. He took my heart pills. I don't know why. Maybe he had a bad heart. I don't know. But guys, it took him 10 minutes to break in the house, take what he wanted, and we never seen him. We weren't, we weren't ready for that. Nobody going to break in our house. We weren't ready. Just in 10 minutes, kicked the door in, took everything he needed. Didn't get a lot. But, but I understood that verse more, just like a thief in the night. We're just not going to be ready. The world's not going to be ready. The, see these ISIS guys and all that stuff? They think they're in charge. They think they're, they think they're all that. and They, they think they're going to do things the way they're going to do things. But I'm telling you what, they don't know Jesus Christ. They don't know our God. So our God is an awesome God. Our God is a God that is, is a God that can just snap his fingers and things can turn. And one of these days he's going to come. And there'll be no more crying and no more tears. No more funerals. No more cancer. Oh, thank the Lord for that day. Amen. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The sky that you see, the beautiful sky and the stars, it's going to just disappear. Think about the power that our God has. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Everything done in it, everything that will go about this week is going to be laid bare. Then here's the big question today. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? There's our question. 
we really don't have to go any further. There's a lot more great stuff in the rest of this chapter. But since everything will be destroyed, what kind of people ought you to be? And he answers the question. You ought to live holy and godly lives. The theme this morning was, do you know what time it is? People are always asking, you know what time? You got the time? Yeah, good time. Five to 12. Do you think we as Christian people really understand what time it is? When lost people are around us, we need to tell them what time it is. We, we need to tell them that the end's coming. And guys, listen, it may not be in our lifetime. It may not be in my girl's lifetime. But it just seems to me that the writing is on the wall. I mean, the signs are everywhere. But if it's two or three or four more generations, listen to me here, what we just read, God's not slow in his promise. He's coming again. He is coming again. And the old question is, are we laying up things that are going to burn? Are we laying up things that are going to last forever in heaven? Well, Brother Todd, if everything burns up, what, what can we lay up in heaven that's going to last? First of all, you need to lay up your salvation. You, you, you need to ask. Ask the Lord this morning, Lord, I need, I need to know if I'm yours. Lord, I, I need to really know because I don't want to spend eternity in hell without you. Lord, I just want you to confirm in my heart this morning that I am yours. And Lord, if you show a part of me that, that, that I'm not yours, that I've not accepted you as Savior, maybe I just thought because I come to church or maybe because I came with Grandma or maybe because I come to Sunday school, I just kind of thought I inherited it. Guys, listen to me. Please listen to me. You don't inherit salvation. You can have the best mom and dad, the best grandma and grandpa. They can love you and read you every inch of the Bible. But there comes a time in your life when you have to say, Lord, it's just me and you, and I want you to save me. And Lord, I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that if I call on your name, I can be saved. And I believe that you have a gift for me. It's the gift of salvation that you died on an old rugged cross and paid the price for my sins. And I'm a sinner because I was born that way. And everybody's born that way. And we all need to come to repentance in Christ. And today, Lord, I give you my life because I do not want to be unprepared when all of this goes down. And then, He's asked us to have our family and our friends get them ready. Tell them the wonderful love of Jesus. Guys, listen to me. This was never anything intended to take to yourself and hold on to it like it's a secret. It was, it was something intended for each one of us and to embrace it and then just proclaim it to the world. To be a herald, as we read about a few Sunday nights ago, we issue a proclamation that Jesus Christ loves you. And this is a message straight from the king. And you can have eternal life if you just say yes to Jesus Christ. Don't worry about what you've done. Don't worry about where you've been. Don't worry about how much you've messed up. 
Don't worry about all those. Jesus Christ can handle all that in just one quick second. And you can be his forever and ever. Don't let Satan lie to you. Don't let him lie to you and say that you can't be a part of something that special. You're just not good enough. You're not qualified. You don't have enough goodness in you. You've done too many bad things. Jesus Christ can forgive it all. He can forgive it all. Just by asking him. Guys, listen to me. If he can't forgive it all, his son died in vain. He died in vain. If he can't forgive it all. He died for every single sin ever committed. Ever that would be committed, that has been, that is being committed. He died for it all. Jesus paid it all. And all you have to do is ask him to forgive you. And he'll do that. And share that with your family. Share it with your friends. Don't let anybody in your circle of influence go into eternity without Jesus Christ. You tell them all you can tell them. Now, there's a still a part, part where they have to say, Lord, it's just me and you. You can't save them. But, guys, we have to be telling people what time it is. Go to that last screen, Russell, all the way down. There's another clock there. Here's the question I want us to think about as we leave. Knowing that Jesus is coming back, what kind of people ought we to be? Listen, it should change the way we live. And I'm not sure it does that in me every day. Now, there's some days I do, but there's some days I just worry about Todd. What time is it? Is it time for us to panic? Is it time for us to throw up our hands and say, oh, woe is me, the whole world's against us? If God is for you guys, it doesn't matter who's against you. It doesn't. If God is for us, who can be against me? Nobody bigger than that. Remember when we was little, we used to say, my daddy's bigger than your daddy. (laughs) We have the God of the universe. He is truly worthy of our praise and our worship truly worthy of our taking our lives and living them in a way that can show others to him. Because, guys, there's just nothing better than knowing Jesus. I don't want you to worry. I know there's things to be concerned about. I know there's things we've got to be cautious about. I understand all that. But at the end of the day, I want us to know that my Redeemer lives, and he's the one that's going to take care of us. Put all your hope and faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And don't get rocked. Don't get knocked off guard. Know what's in this word. And when the enemy comes calling, he can't make you worry. He can't make you fear. Because God has it. That's good to know, amen? It's good to know in a crazy world like we live in, Jesus Christ is going to take care of it all. He's already told us what he's going to do. All we have to do is enjoy and spread the good news. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Salvation is available to all that want it. Won't you come? Won't you come?
Won't you come? He wants to save you today. Don't wait another minute. Let's pray. Dear Father, we think about you today. Lord, we we have many concerns. Lord, I'm not trying to downplay our concerns today. Lord, I want us all to know that you are in control, that you're going to take care of everything. Lord, I want us to, to continue to have a passion for the lost. I want us to have a passion to live godly lives. Because, Lord, we know what's going to happen. We, we know it. We, we've read it in your word. Your word is true. We believe in every promise you've ever made. And so, Lord, we trust you today. Lord, I ask you to just speak to hearts this morning. Lord, if there's someone here that just has never just asked you to save them, Lord, I pray they would do that. If it's just right there in their chair, just take that time, and and I pray that they'll just ask you to save them, Lord, and and we know you will. I ask you to help us as Christians, Lord, to be be more solid, to to be ready to share the good news at a a drop of a hat, to be be in the forefront of sharing your good news. Because, Lord, there's still people we know that don't know you yet, and, Lord, we don't want to see them spend eternity in hell and, and in isolation from you and from us and, and in the darkness and the flames where the worm dieth not. Lord, we, we don't want to see that. So, Lord, help us. Help us to be on guard. Help us to be ready. Help us to be prayed up. Help us to be solid in your word. But, Lord, also help us not to be afraid. Help us not to put our trust in the wrong things to make our life better. Lord, there's only one that can make our life better, and that is you. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, speak to hearts this morning as only you can. In your name we pray. Amen.